0: Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my talk about the Seraph weapons that came into the game during Season of the Worthy. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live. And if you're not able to catch me live and you're watching on YouTube, you can always leave a comment, hit share, subscribe, or the little bell button. We appreciate everybody who does that on the YouTube. Also, if you're looking to listen to these episodes in other locations, they are in all those other spots. If you like to just listen to the audio Versions Now, the reason I wanted to do a separate video about the Seraph weapons is they're kind of getting a bad rap. People are kind of ragging on them pretty early, but I actually think folks are sleeping on them. Initially, I said in my initial impressions that they were probably going to age like a fine wine. We needed to do more experimentation, and I want to talk about that. But I want to start by talking about the roles. I actually think people are wrong about the potential roles. They are overstating the roles being bad or weird. I'm going to list good, good roles you can go for on all these weapons. And then I want to talk about the Warmind Cells. The Warmind Cells, if you've seen Error's video or any of the other videos out there, they're actually really strong and can do some pretty wild and crazy things. I'm going to end by saying I think that they're kind of building. They're getting things ready for September. They're also probably testing and getting things ready for the future, the next game. The idea of having weapon and armor synergy. So let's just talk about the roles. People immediately, immediately jumped to conclusions and went to light.gg and they're like, these roles are kind of weird. They kind of don't make sense. Unfortunately, I think people are kind of talking out of both sides. Of their mouth a lot of times about weapons, they're like, we don't want more rampage outlaw, we want new things, we want to try new th- you know combinations, and then that's immediately what they look for is a reload perk and a damage perk. So I'm just gonna walk through some of the roles you can get that would be pretty cool on these weapons that might make them feel pretty unique, and that's not even talking about the war mind cells, I'm just talking about these weapons having potentially good roles. The hand cannon could roll with fourth times a charm and vorpal. That's a great combination. You keep feeding ammo back to the gun and it's got the Vorpal, increased damage against bosses. I believe this counts on champions. It can also roll with Feeding Frenzy and Ambitious Assassin. Another nice roll for a hand cannon. Feeding Frenzy on a hand cannon's nice, and Ambitious Assassin on a 180 would be nice as well, constantly overloading the mag on rapid kills. That thing, you know, constantly getting a full mag, and then Ambitious Assassin kind of feeds itself because you have so much, you know, ammo to... To use Somebody's saying champions are majors, I thought that people said Vorpal was working on champions. Maybe not. Uh, the auto rifle can roll with fourth times a charm and Swashbuckler, or fourth times a charm and Vorpal it can also roll with four times a charm and Rampage. Unfortunately, on the auto rifle, the only perk that you're really wanting to look for in that one slot is fourth times a charm. That is a bit of a bummer. But it, on the final slot, it can get Swash, Rampage, or Vorpal, all damage perks. The sidearm you can get it to roll with Demolitionist and Dragonfly. That's a really fun and good. You can get his roll with full auto and surrounded. That would be a really good roll. It can also roll with Vorpal. So full auto and Vorpal could be really good. And if they're saying in chat vorpal 100 percent works on champions so consider all these roles for champions if vorpal works on champions these could be great great guns to get and use in the legendary lost sectors for the currency grind the legendary lost sectors are a great currency grind and you add the warmind cells on top of that and spawning the, the valkyrie and spawning the robot and that could be a really really fast fun grind the shotgun can roll with auto loading and trench barrel or auto loading and vorpal. Auto loading probably the best perk to go for in that slot on the shotgun. The machine gun is the one that I think a lot of people are going to sleep on and shouldn't. Auto loading or clown cartridge, two great perks that it can roll with. It can roll with firing line or vorpal. That's nuts! A machine gun with firing line or Vorpal is really kind of crazy. I want—I can't wait till that gun's in the in the game. We can grind for it and try some boss fights with it. Machine guns might be back on the menu for good damage, especially considering there's war mine cells you can spawn, throw, and make an enemy take more damage. There could be some really really great combinations for damage here. The SMG can roll with fourth times a charm or ambitious assassin. So you could roll either of those with feeding frenzy, or again, you could also roll that all with vorpal and it can get dragonfly. And SMG with dragonfly actually might be kind of fun. So people saying the rolls are garbage or trash, I just outlined a bunch of pretty fun, good rolls that are solid and actually arguably strong. And we're not even done yet. The War Mine cells are a whole other feature on top. You go to your mods menu in the collections, go to general and go all the way over and peruse those mods, all right? War Mine cells are a brand new mechanic that's never been in the game before and you can only do it with Seraph weapons. Now, I know people are going to be like, but you can get arc damage with a melee grenade or super and generate them as well. Okay, but that limits you to always running your arc subclass. With respect to weapons, the only weapons that can generate war mine cells are Seraph weapons. This is a cool thing that they've done. This is weapon armor synergy. This is something that we've asked for. This is new perks for guns, without actually messing with the meta of weapons. It's something totally separate and different that you can really only do in PvE, and you have to do it with the armor synergy. It's a smart way to kind of motivate us to try the new mods out, shake up our loadouts, and do some new things. And if you've seen any of the videos, the videos right now that are showing people using these champion these these war mine cells are freaking crazy. They're really really strong. There's lots of potential for power and strength in the end game. I think a lot of people are forgetting that Grandmaster Nightfall is going to be absurdly hard. 1060. Now I don't think the rewards are good enough in Grandmaster Nightfall, but you also have to consider the thousand legendary lost sectors. I think once people get into a rhythm with the legendary lost sectors, you're at a thousand and you're rocking these weapons with warmind cells and getting really good damage and getting really good efficiency and using the Valkyrie and using the robots. That's gonna be a great grind to both do your bounties and the legendary lost sector. That's a great currency grind for leveling up the bunker, and that's a great currency grind if you're trying to grind for the rolls and the weapons and buying the frames. So it's gonna be a harmonious system once we all get up and running. Again, I think the season's not the greatest. I don't think they did a good job getting all the information to us, but I also think that I also think that it's going to age a little bit like a fine wine. We're going to get midway in the season and people are going to realize there's actually some really great weapons and really great potential things to go for. Now, the don't need it criticism is just so exhausting. I'll outline this whole system. Oh, you can get these weapons, you can get these good rolls, you can do this thing with Warmind Cells, and as soon as people realize that their empty criticism, that the weapons are boring or weak, as soon as they realize that that criticism has been dealt with, they run to the cowardly Alamo of, well, but why do I need it? Okay, that's getting a little annoying. If you're going to criticize the weapons and say they're weak or boring, stick to your guns and make an argument. When your argument gets disassembled, don't retreat and be like, well, I don't really need it you're basically saying you don't want to play Destiny. First, you say everything's boring and weak and not worth chasing. Once you realize that's not true, you, oh, well, I don't, I don't actually, I don't actually need it. Nothing's actually that hard, which isn't true. A thousand level, you know, legendary lost sectors, Getting efficiency and speed on those is going to help currency grind, which is going to fuel going for the weapons. Grandmaster Nightfalls aren't even here yet. I will agree that Grandmaster Nightfalls need a better loot incentive, but you can't act like you don't need these when you haven't even played the hardest content in Destiny. We've never played something that is going to basically force you into a 30- a minimum of at least like a 30 power delta you're not going to be able to go in there even if you get to 1010 and get 20 on your artifact you're still going to be 30 levels beneath the delta of the Grandmaster Nightfall so I'm tired of running in that circle with people it just shows you're not even willing to engage in a discussion you just want to complain I don't understand what game you've played for the last 5 years chasing weapons and loot and armor that you don't Quote unquote, need has kind of been what we've done for a long time. Now, that doesn't mean they shouldn't refuel aspiration. That's something Luke Smith addressed in his director's cut. But they're running in a circle argument with people that are like, the loot's boring. When you show them it's not boring, they're like, yeah, well, I don't need it. Well, then don't frickin' play and stop talking to me then. You're clearly not interested in playing. I was just looking for something to complain about. Lastly, let's talk about building. I feel like this is sort of a building uh, season in two ways. It could happen in one of two ways. These weapons will kind of drift out of existence around September because by then your armor won't be able to run the war mine cells, and around September, I anticipate that being. Weapons 2.0, Weapons 3.0, whatever you want to call it. That's when they're going to say, okay, we're instituting a new version of weapons that are stronger, better, more perks, more mod slots, whatever it is they're doing to make them stronger. And then that's going to be the beginning of, okay, now we're going to start sunsetting stuff. They're not going to sunset these weapons, but I believe around this time, people will naturally just sort of drift away from them because you're going to drift toward the new armor and the new armor won't be able to run the Warmind Cell mods. Now, keep in mind, you can keep that armor and keep those guns for a long time at least the minimum of a year you can take this stuff all the way into march of 2021 and continue using serif weapons and war mind cells if you really want to i would hope by then they've really added a lot of better stuff into the game and a lot of better weapons into the pool so you don't feel like you need to use 10 and 9 month old weapons you'd be you know naturally moving forward in the new expansion and the new dlc I believe these will get us to September. I also think another thing that's possible going on with this is they're experimenting with weapon armor synergy. This could come into play in both trials and raids. Having raid armor, trials armor, and raid guns and, and trials guns that synergize for those extra perks. This could be a way for flawless to come into the game, adept weaponry to come into the game. The perk doesn't activate until you're wearing something on the armor or doing something on the armor. This again is a way for them to create more power and more control over your loadout and not just get a god roll weapon go crazy with your stats on your armor and they're kind of not connected they're trying to build a synergy between the two systems your armor investment and your gun investment I actually think it's a really really good start this could be fueling the next game as well where we want to add more layers to the weapons we want to add more layers to the grind without just continuing to either have power creep or giving you a bunch of weapons you've had before so I think the Seraph weapons are very promising. I'm excited for them to roll out throughout the season. We've only gotten the auto rifle so far. So looking forward to trying out some of the other rolls. These guns are looking pretty sassy. I know people are getting the SMGs and shotguns and stuff because they're using the, they're getting them from the, the, the season pass. I haven't quite got there yet. But looking forward, I think, mostly to the machine gun. We're going to go to Q&A next. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live. And as always, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the question and answer session that followed my talk about the Serif weapons. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live, and if not and you're on the other places, that's great. You can hit like, share, subscribe. You can hit the little bell button on YouTube. If you want to listen to the audio versions of these podcasts, they are available on basically every podcast platform. Just look for SNTR Presents. Going to jump right into the questions here. Wolfie plays. I didn't crop Q&A. I there we go Wolfie plays do you think Destiny 2 will have a year 4 or do you think it'll be Destiny 3 um so there will be a year 4 because Luke Smith said there'll be a year 4 in Destiny 2 like he actually used the term D2 year 4 D2 it was like D2 Y4 in his director's cut so this September will start year 4 I actually happen to think there'll be a year 5 there's no reason to institute sunsetting this September that would go into effect 12 to 15 months later if 12 to 15 months later, we're going into the new game. So I actually think that the game will not launch until the earliest would be 2022 because 2021 just doesn't make any sense uh, as, a, as, a, as a launch date. They're, they're at the present time. There is literally no reason for them to launch it that early because of all the things that they're doing. They're setting up. I think that they're they're just, they're setting up too many things that would last for too long. Uh, a system-wide change, a system-wide change this September to institute sunsetting that wouldn't go in effect until September of 2021. That makes zero sense if Destiny Three is landing in De- in 2021. I'm of the opinion that they should launch in 2023. And I know people are like, "Oh my gosh, that's such a long time." I think 2022 could be the cruise down year. That could be the year we get almost nothing. It's more of a live team year. It's Rise of Iron and then, you know, little little teeny things. And I know people are going to be like, the game is on life support right now. These gauntlets look awesome with the bow, by the way. Look at that. that I like seeing these gauntlets in the screen. These are the righteous gauntlets. They look really good with a bow. So... Somebody's saying we're doing that right now. I knew somebody was going to say that. The game's practically on life support right now. No, it's not. I, I, the live team is certainly not in charge of what's going on right now. You're not going to get trials. You're not going to get all these these different activities and loot pools from the live team. I don't think so. If that is what they're doing right now, then more power to them. Like The more time and energy they can put into Destiny 3, the better. If they're already putting the game on a skeleton crew and the skeleton crew is giving us what we've been getting, then I am actually impressed. I-, I actually think what we're getting right now is 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 pretty sizable to do it every three months because basically if you're gonna do it every three months, that means there is presently a team working on the summer and they were also working on the summer when they were delivering the last you know the last uh, season. I just, to me, it's clear that if you're going to get content every three months, they're going to have to, they're going to have to set up teams that work on stuff for, I don't know, six to nine month intervals. So anytime you're getting a season, you're looking at like one team's work that spans, you know, six to nine months. And to me, I don't think you can do that with a skeleton crew. It's called parallel development. Luke Smith talked about that in his first director's cut. One team is working on one season while another team is working on another season. And to me, I actually think that, that's totally fine. If somebody wants to look at what we're getting now and be like, well, we're basically getting Rise of Iron in the live team now, let me remind you of what the live team looked like, okay? It was Rise of Iron, and then it was, wait for it, nothing. It was Age of Triumph, which that was basically just a redressing of existing weapons, and Hard challenge modes. No new content, no new loot, no new armor, nothing. So if you think we're on the life the live team life support skeleton crew now, you're not even remembering properly what happened when they took over. We got Rise of Iron, which was the Plague Lands, Archon's Forge, and a Raid and Two Strikes, and that was it for a year. Right now you're getting a new a new activity every 3 months with new loot pools every 3 months with a bunch of new stuff on the season pass and new grinds like the bunker I, I don't think you can possibly postulate right now if you're really considering the history and being reasonable about it. I don't think you can conclude that we're on the, li- the live team right now. There's There's literally no way that's true. Unless the live team just got really, really good at creating and maintaining content compared to when they took over for Rise of Iron. So, this doesn't seem possible. Um... Parasito, do weapon perks need a sunset system they keep adding new perks and i don't think seasonally locked availability is giving mods enough time in the spotlight um i don't necessarily understand your position here you're saying i don't think seasonally locked availability is giving mods enough time in the spotlight i'm not sure which mods you're talking about so i'm gonna talk about the first part do perks need a sunset system I'm going to be honest right now, and I'm going to tell you what I hope that they do. And I know people are going to be like, you're freaking crazy, Lono. I don't think there should ever be damage perks on weapons ever again. I think they need to get rid of them. Now, if you want to add damage perks on heavy weapons, okay, now we can talk about maybe firing line and Vorpal. But even then, you really narrow what's even, what's even worth going for you know if you want to do damage perks maybe you could do damage perks that really go in a different playstyle on something like increase damage against majors increase damage against i don't know increase damage against bosses something like that i really really think that damage perks are the biggest problem because as soon as as soon as you have a damage perk on a gun you're like that's all you need you don't want anything else why would you not make the gun stronger I don't know, I feel like that that's where the war mine cells come into play and they're more creative and more exciting um, 12 months from SMG says RIP Purple, that's a red badge Taito Parliament with 2 months, thank you 28 months from Dump Fear, thanks for always putting out the great content, Nosebleed with 3 months and 3 months from Avelino, guys sorry about some of those subs are about 20 minutes old I didn't see those, sorry about that I don't know I feel damage perks are. I don't like using the word lazy, so I'll use the word easy. It's kind of like a damage perk's not not difficult. If there's nothing creative about it, it's like get a thing and more damage. Do a thing and get more damage. Um, we had damage perks in D1 and they were and they were balanced. Well, damage perks are in a better place now, but it's still, it still just tends to be the only thing that... It just doesn't feel like anything else matters. It's super hard not... It's not, it's so hard not to use a damage perk. It's like, why would you not use a damage perk? It's going to make the gun stronger. It, it feels kind of stupid to not use a damage perk. I don't know. It, to me, I, I would like to see more creative perks like what they're doing with Warmind Cells as a way to make people feel like there's more uh there's more options, more viability, and more opportunity for creativity in your loadout, as opposed to just being like, Yeah, just put that gun on, it's really strong. Um and then you you use only that. And only that matters, right? I would it'd be cooler to look at a perk pool and be like, okay, what are the possible roles here? instead of being like, if you don't get this, it's basically a waste. Like, that's kind of what it feels like when there's damage perks uh in play. I kind of feel like you immediately whittled down the perk pool into, these are the only perks that, perks that matter, the rest of these are just garbage. Um, what if damage perks had a negative to them, like, increased damage but less accuracy and reload? See, there's, there's, I think there's a possibility there, they did that with, like, hand-laid stock, it gave you great stability but it hurt range, brace frame gave you really, really good stability, but it, it, it shrunk the clip, it shrunk the mag. Um, I don't know. Anytime I anytime I, I think about that, I think I, they have just gone away from you get this, but you don't get this. You know, uh, PR four show. Thank you so much for six months, McNugget with twenty four months. That is a gold badge. Thank you, McNugget. I also think they could go. Okay, think about how Desperado works with Outlaw. I kind of feel like internal perk synergies would be good. Like, what if you went in here to a hand cannon? And you were like, rapid hit, rapidly increases stability and reload speed when you get rapid precision hits. And then it would have another line of text, and it would say, when paired with something else. So when paired with, we'll just use Swash, even though I don't want damage perks in here. When paired with Swash Buckler, procs um, procs more rapidly when Swash Buckler is active. You could make conditional synergy benefits so you're like oh now wait it's not as good when I pair it with swash it's actually better when I pair it without a damage perk or something you know what I'm saying I think conditional synergies could be good because then r- rapid hit would be at its absolute best if paired with I'm trying to think of other fourth fourth lane perks uh, that you could use everything is a damage perk right now on all my guns so it's hard it's, it's hard for me to think like uh, snapshot or something. Um So Oh, we got a swear word in the music. Sorry, I had to respond to that text. This community's not ready for that stuff. I don't know. To me, I'm like, what if Rapid Hit worked better when paired with SnapShot? Because Snapshot and Rapid Hit to me sound similar in their theme, right? It's fast. You're, it's it's snappy. It's rapid. And so when paired with Snapshot, Snapshot is faster when Rapid Hit is active or something. Um, rapid Hit slaps with triple tap. Yeah, I, I think... Yeah, Zen Moment. Zen Moment in Rapid Hit could be good because you could pair that with an auto rifle. And so Rapid Hit is is, you know, procs faster when paired with Zen or something, or Rabbit hit makes Zen more effective. I don't know. I, I feel like there's, there's a lot to be said for just not always, um, not always gravitating towards damage perk, damage perk, damage perk. I just continue to think that there is more to this game than damage perks. Um... And and pairing pairing desperado with outlaw is just the beginning of what I think would be good 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 perk synergies. Um, and then you could go even crazier with the armor. You could be like, you know, this this piece of armor has a mod on it that makes dragonfly um, not bigger, but it applies a suppressing effect or it it applies a burn effect. So now you're doing more armor like armor gun synergies as well. I don't know. Everything's better paired with Zen. There you go. Our our Diem. Do you see damage perks or reload perks as the most important for primaries? Yeah, very related to the last question. Definitely. They are like the most important right now. Do you think Bungie should introduce weapons that are the same like Seraph AR but have multiple archetypes like the AR being a 450 or a 720 version? You know, I don't necessarily have an issue with this but I... I don't know if the game is ready for here's a weapon, and it's got different archetypes. One's a rapid, one's an aggressive, one's this, one's that. Um, I don't know. I feel like I feel like the game is I just don't feel like the game is ready for that at the current time. I'm not against what you're saying. I just think it would be very very confusing for people. The game's generosity and loot pursuit is in a great spot, and that I think would really cluster it up so like how do I get the archetype that I want can I select that whenever I'm grabbing the frame or the bounty or whatever um you know is that even a possibility uh I don't know I would worry that you would start to make people feel like the weapon each individual weapon is just too complicated but they could get there eventually I'm not saying they can't do it I'm just saying it it, it would lead to a lot of I think it would lead it would be str- it'd be really tough to balance uh, you'd have a lot of you'd have a lot of confusion from people. Wait, my auto rifle is different than your auto rifle. Why? Oh, your archetype's different. Your your frame and your uh your frame and your RPM are different. And then you're like, well, wait, why? The, I don't understand. We both got the same weapon. What's going on? And then people would feel like they weren't really educated on what's going on. Now you could slide. RPM and frame over to the masterwork slot and then give us intentionality over that. Like, let us change it maybe. Um, The way that you can. I I think masterwork. The fact that they let us change affinity on armor, I think masterwork should be the next thing they let us change on guns because when you finally get the god roll that you want and you have like stability instead of range and you're like, "Why, well, that's not what I wanted letting us change that I think is totally fine it's just co- sort of like a nice capstone to the weapon, you got the exact roll that you want and then you're like, okay, this is the masterwork that I want, and you know, make it costly so they could do something similar with archetypes and frames, but you have to be very, very careful, you're kind of asking Bungie to make more weapons they're not just making one auto rifle, they're making like, four because if you, depending on how many archetypes and art you know you would give them, you'd have like what adaptive, precision, and aggressive. So that's three guns instead of one, which means they've you're kind of to a certain extent that feels like people would just say, oh, they're just reskinning the same weapon instead of giving us three weapons, they're giving us one weapon and just changing the frame, and it looks exactly the same or something. Does that make sense? Like. I'm not saying not to do what you're suggesting. I'm just also seeing a lot of the problems that might arise from it. Because it is a, uh... It is a loot-based game, and I think loot variety is better than, like, loot variety within the weapons. Sometimes. Not all the time. I do think you want weapon variety within the, with the perks and stuff. Morris. Lono, leveling to be ready for new activities aside, has your view on the season changed at all now that we're more into it? Um, it seems like there is more to come that could have some sustainability. Well, I d- I definitely think I definitely think that this is going to age like a fine wine. You have to understand something. When I was making my criticisms about a 980 public space event, I think sometimes people misunderstand and they like want to talk trash to me like you're just a casual, you don't like hard content, you're just arguing for the casuals. No, that's not it at all. I'm saying as an entrance point to the season, it's super unwelcoming. I'm not going to suddenly stop playing and not level. I know that in a week or two's time, the content will be easier for me. That wasn't my issue with it. My issue was, this is a terrible entrance point for the content. It's it's way more important for the content to be fun and accessible right off the rip, instead of being like oh, it's, you know, you gotta go level, you gotta go grind. I, I think people always misunderstand when I criticize. They think I'm arguing for myself, and it's like Homies, I always do the grind, I always do the leveling, and I always play the content. Now, I didn't focus on Pinnacles last season, because I didn't feel the need to, but by and large, even when I complain about something like that, it's not me being like, well this isn't fun for me, I'm like, this is terrible for new play- like new returning players, players who haven't been playing as much, this is an awful, awful way to have them coming back into the game that was my main issue. It's one of those things where it's like, I know as the season progresses, I'll be totally fine. I'll go into that public space. The hive mind of the player base will start to understand what the frick they're supposed to do. And there you go. You're off to the races. The content's way easier now. I never thought it was going to be like perpetually difficult. I thought they're just going to, I think, push, unfortunately push a lot of the players that want to play the new content out of the game to be like well I gotta go level I don't want to do that I did all that during Black Armory and Drifter and Opulence and I don't feel like doing that again and I think that's a legitimate complaint and that's where I was coming from at it I was coming from the lane of like this is not receptive that's my issue with it you don't want people booting up the first week and then being motivated to quit now the PVE numbers are strong. We'll see how long they last. I happen to think once we get into the second week, they're going to be hurting because people are going to continue to play and feel like they're dealing with the bad leveling. It always took about two weeks, and then a lot of people were like, I'm done. I can't get the drops that I need. I'm not leveling up because you're always going to have those people that bite the bullet. They're like, oh, it's fine. I'll level and whatever. And then they, after the, after they've after they've leveled for a couple of weeks, they're like, I'm sick of this. And then they're going to walk away and it have it happened before. It's not. It's not a, It's not a new concept that that people that people try for a little bit, and then they feel like they can't. They just can't do it anymore. They're like, this is not enjoyable. Parasito. Should there be perks or mods that only interact with certain activities, Seraph Tower event, strikes, etc.? There should be more compartments to the game to allow some cool builds and hyper tweaking. This is another one of those ideas where I'm like, this sounds great but I'm also sort of like it also sounds like you're going to basically create more problems and here's what I mean. I used to argue for this. I would argue for contextual perks. I'd be like have perks on weapons that are only active or on armor that are only active when you're on a certain planet or in a certain activity. Okay? Now, that sounds great until you have a stupid amount of armor and a stupid amount of guns for every activity now your suggestion is in a good spot because your suggestion is basically well make it mod related so you don't have to have 18 different armor sets you go into your armor and you move things around with the the mods I like that, I would just be curious how it would be executed on cause right now, I'm getting really tired of going into content and being like oh it's overload, let me go into my gun let me change it to overload um, and I think that's just because public space content in the legendary law sectors, you kinda have to figure them out and at least in the legendary law sector, you know you're gonna be like running it a couple of times and so you know you know that you're going to be going back in with the loadout that works, right? Oh, I know this is going to work. I know that I've got the right gun. I've got the right mods, etc. I just don't know how how open people would be to this idea that every activity they go into, they got to kind of like change their mods first. Like, oh, I got to put all my strike mods on. Um, I got to put all this on. I got to put all that on. I wonder, Paris, if a better version of this would be a... Do you know how in... Elder Scrolls Online and in Diablo, they have like the Paragon score where you like indefinitely level and you add like percentages to certain things. What if there was, and this might be something they could do on the, maybe not the artifact, but it'd be some other page. It could be like an armor specialization page. So you would spend that season investing into... Specialization perks that are active when you are in strikes, that are active when you are in gambit. You don't have to go and do anything. You don't have to go turn anything on. You don't have to go swap any mods out. Right. You're like, nope. Yep. I got all that stuff unlocked, and it's great. When you pair it with these things over here, it does really, really great things. It's a really, really strong build, and it only works, you know, in in these places. Um, help using. Help Rasputin using grenade Guardian tactics by using grenades to defeat enemies. Defeating Guardians... Wait, why didn't I get that? I know I'm bad at reading, but doesn't that just say by using grenades to defeat enemies? Did it blow the box up and not give me credit? Is that what happened? I blew up the crate. You have got to be kidding me. Okay. So it would be kind of like that it would be like in another menu you would be like i I mean maybe the stats would be like over here it would be like it would say like specialization and you'd hit the button and like a drop down menu would drop down and it would say vanguard specialization crucible specialization and gambit specialization or whatever and you'd highlight them and as long as you were working on them during that season you would be getting increased whatever when you're in strikes. So you don't have to like go into your menu and be like, okay, I'm about to do strikes. I better go put all these mods on. You'd be like, no, I've unlocked strike specialization. So I get, you know, increased ammo drops on rapid kills, higher chance rate of heavy drops from majors, you know, things like that, that you're unlocking, which would then, I think, come into play when you go in to do a Grandmaster Nightfall. I got all the specializations unlocked. I got my Seraph weapons. I got my... I got this and that. You know, I got all these things. Gambit specialization? Well, you gotta be careful because I feel like the armor and Gambit got really really problematic and I think arguably kind of ruined that game mode. Um, invaders especially. The invader perks are just... have got to be the silliest thing that I've ever seen. Like, so overpowered... Um, so overpowered and broken. Uh, okay. Did that one work? Okay. That one worked. All right. Um, uh, oh, and I got my grenade back. So to me, this would be a way of doing what you're talking about. Like, I don't know if they could get away with, I don't know if they could get away with doing a multi, multi mod system where you got to go in and swap your mods for strikes. You got to go in and swap your mods for gambit or crucible or whatever, or raids I do think the raid mods and the Nightmare Hunt mods were a nice touch because it was like, oh, there are mods for the raid that help you in the raid like Enhanced Relay Defender, but you don't have to run the raid armor. You can just run the mods. You have that freedom on your armor to wear what you want without feeling the need to go in and and switch all your armor around. Um, So... To, to me i feel like that's a great system that that would give you that feeling of like i'm investing in my my player's power and 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 prowess in the game uh without without the need to have like 18 armor sets or 18 different mods and you're swapping all your mods you know if anybody wants to join me i'm going to pop some bounties I'm trying not to do too much gameplay during Q&A because it is distracting and it makes me kind of like lose my train of thought, but I am wanting to finish this bunker before uh, reset because then the the whole next week I could be saving up for next bunker. Um, So I, I like the idea. I like the idea of there being this sort of push to having strength in certain activities, but There's also a danger of over-baking the cake, where every time you go into an activity, you're like, I gotta do this. Now, Now, I say all that, and a loadout system would solve everything I'm talking about. You could literally have a mod configuration loadout that you configure, and you could have four or five of them, and you're like, oh, I'm about to do strikes. Boom. It goes through and it changes all your stuff. It changes all your armor, and you know you got all the mods. Because like you might you might run a void pair of gauntlets in strikes, and you might wear a solar pair of gauntlets in crucible or something. So, loadouts would obviously be a huge solution for that. But again, that's a whole new system they'd have to build to support the system that you're talking about. I think a loadout system in the system that Parasito is talking about would basically land in the next game. Melodic gamer how often does the Warmind cell spawn when you get kills with the Sarah weapon? It's random. I would say one in seven kills, you know, one in ten. It's, it's, I think the only problem with it right now that I feel is you're going to need the one mod that lets you throw them. If you can't throw them, I think you're going to feel like they're just always landing on the ground and everything's already dead is the biggest problem. Or it lands on the ground and you're like, okay, great. There's one person left. Being able to throw them, I think, is going to be a huge thing. Part of me feels like they should let us throw them intrinsically. I'm not necessarily sure I agree with being like, no, you have to run a mod if you want to throw them. They seem sort of built from the ground up to sort of require throwing them um, because because of the nature of what they do. You kind of want them in the best possible place. But I also think Bungie's kind of like, well, you know, we're we're not going to give you the ability to do that. It's too much power. We want to make sure these are slightly reined in. Because, truth be told, I mean, they are really dadgum strong. I mean, I think that's part of the problem is, as strong as they are, you're... you know... You're going to you're gonna need to have them slightly reined in, and I think that's one of the ways they've reined them in. I don't know. To me, to me, they would be their best if they what if throwing them lowered their drop rate and if you're not throwing them like if you if you opt to not run them if you opt to run the mod that um that allows you to throw them if you opt to run that mod that throws them it lowers their drop rate but if you're not running that mod they're dropping more often or something I don't know Cause if you're because if you're gonna make me run the mod to throw them it's like you're almost admitting that like that's a needed thing that's a needed perk you you you're going to want to have that and I just to me that feels a little unfortunate to feel like no I yeah, you you've, you've got to run the mod to throw it's like well I've got to disrupt my whole play player like my my, lo- my whole loadout in my mod system just to have the ability to put these things where I want them so the reason given how the mods are more important than the rolls, how can Bungie make the seasonal grind better for such a system mods dropping does not have the effect on finally getting a god roll I don't understand your question mods are more important than the rolls on guns, what oh, you're talking about the serif weapons I'm sorry, so the mods are more important than the rolls, no, that's completely untrue that is an ina- that is a very very inaccurate statement the rolls on these guns really do matter getting a firing line or a Vorpal on the machine gun, getting a fourth times the charm with Vorpal or a feeding frenzy ambitious assassin like there's gonna be some roles I think like demo dragonfly on the sidearm or full auto Vorpal I I definitely think the roles do matter I don't think the the, the roles are just oh they're garbage throw them in the trash my point in bringing up the roles was there are good roles in there. Everyone acted like they were garbage. And it's because they saw Feeding Frenzy in the final lane. And everybody just started jumping to conclusions about how, well, these guns have trash rolls. So when I brought up the rolls, I wasn't bringing them up to be like, oh, these roles are amazing and mind-blowing. I was just kind of being like, there are actually good roles in there. So, that to me is... Is the is the point that I was making? I wasn't trying to act like the roles don't matter. The mods are significant, but I actually think the roles are are, are solid. Um, Slug, hey Lono, do you think Destiny needs something like the Kanai Cube from Diablo Three passive perk housing? You got to be careful with this because, th- th- you know, the the Paragon ranks and the and ESO Elder Scrolls Online does the thing where you keep ranking and getting little percentage benefits those are games that are built around a a completely different system of feeling powerful, so the idea that, you know, you're you're gonna you're gonna run you're gonna run this game into the ground until you finally get all these percentages up, I just don't feel like this is a game where you can keep adding percentages to stats eventually you'd have to reset it and then then people would feel like, well why did I spend all that time investing in getting little 1% and 2% buffs here um you know, I that would be my only thought is you. This game's not really built for that, and even if you did build it for that, at the present time, eventually you would just have so many max stats that it wouldn't matter. Like the Paragon system in Diablo, or the Guardian system in Borderlands Three, or the Badass system in Borderlands Two. These are th- these are systems that just don't seem built for Destiny because eventually your stats would be all all up in all up in the this upper stratosphere. Um. so R- uh, R- Russ EST when Bungie stops giving us repeatable quests on all characters I won't have any space uh, for bounties thanks for taking the time to submit a mindless complaint Gale play do you think that there is a reason why Nightfall ordeals have matchmaking and new legendary lost sectors don't I Yeah, I'm not really sure why Legendary Lost Sectors don't have matchmaking. I think it's because they basically just house them as adventures, and adventures aren't set up that way. So you, you're just going to have to have people to go in with you. Um, I get that people are frustrated by the lack of matchmaking. Unfortunately, I think a lot of this game has infrastructure that was built before they realized just how many people were going to really want matchmaking for like every activity um, there there's always been stuff in the game that just doesn't have matchmaking but then there's stuff like the public space where there's people around but you're not matchmade with them you know I, I don't know why I don't know why they didn't do that with adventures I'm sorry legendary lost sectors I, I like running I like the idea of running them solo once I'm strong enough just to kind of take a crack at it because then I can work on bounties but again, I think this is striking at a a larger problem in Destiny where bounties are driving people apart, not bringing people together, and so if I could grab all my bounties and throw myself into a legendary lost sector and feel like, oh man, this is great I'm getting my bounties done, I don't have to worry about people stealing kills, and I'm getting the currency at the end of the legendary lost sector we are cruising, we are killing everything, I'm getting bounties, it would feel really good, right? i i think there's a there's like layers to this problem more matchmaking and more activities and more of a drive to play together i think is the right choice so but i don't know if they're in a position to make system-wide changes like that right now there's definitely a feel in the game of yeah some of this stuff's kind of set and since it's kind of set they can't make a bunch of changes right now. they can't decide to suddenly add matchmaking to adventures or suddenly give you the ability to share your bounties um and what and what zach in chat is saying you know summon upgrade your bunker and you can summon a heavy frame that does a lot for you and you can get the the valkyrie now that's not comforting to somebody that likes to play with other people I mean you're definitely. I think there's definitely a risk with some of the content structure lately with the heavy lean on bounties. It's going to be weird if all of a sudden in September, everything is all about playing with other folks. You're going to be like, well, I'm really used to running solo for the last... I'm like The last 12 months I've been living in a lost sector by myself and running content by myself, and all of a sudden you're making this... It's like when the teacher announces a group project, everybody like internally groans. They're like, I'm gonna have to stand up and walk around and talk to people. I just want to sit here and listen to your boring, like you know, your boring lecture. <laughs> and so I, I just, I think there's there is a risk right now is that they're kind of lulling us to solo sleep. We're just all getting sleepy, and like everything just feels like we should be able to play it solo. And then there are people that're like, well, where's the matchmaking? It's like, well, you know, we've all been soloing stuff for so long. Bungie's kind of getting away with a lot of no matchmaking and stuff. There's also a lot of people who've been playing for five years who have people they're enjoying playing with. Uh, they've got people that know what they're doing. They they, they can use LFG. You know, they can, they can lean into the lot of lanes that are there. They can send messages to people in the tower. Hey, you want to go run these activities and, and things of that nature. And I think that a lot of the times that's where... I do, I think that's where the rub is, is like you want people to play the way that they want to play, you want people to be empowered to kind of do whatever they want, but at the same time that, that grates against. It's like, well, I would like to run solo because I want to work on bounties. Well, this guy wants to matchmake, so we made it matchmaking. So if you run a legendary lost sector, sorry. Oh, well, then I'm not going to run legendary lost sectors. You just drove me away from the content. I'm going to go to another lost sector and just work on bounties because I don't want to have to chase and fight over enemies. I'm, I'm working on enemies. Now, the matchmaking could land no problem if bounties were not interfered with by the people that you get matched with like doesn't matter if it's a pre-made fire team or a match made fire team the fire team should be able to share the kills for the bounties if you're getting kills that i need and i'm getting kills that you need it's just be filling out the bounties now you might need to do a fire team debuff where if you get a kill it counts as a half and if i get a kill it counts for the whole and then so you're not actually taking away my progress. You may be slightly slowing it, but the fact that I can just throw myself into matchmaking and not worry, and you're helping... You're literally using a weapon that I'm not, and I'm getting, like, half a kill credit on my on my bounty, I think that'd be great. And then the only other issue you'd have is people like, well, I don't want to play with others, I want to solo some stuff. You need the option to, like, let people solo stuff. Um... You need, you need to give people that option to what was it called? Uh, firewall. You need. We need the option to do Firewall to say, no, I'd, I'd really prefer to run this content by myself. I don't want to run it with others right now. And you're able to go in by yourself. And th- like having, having matchmaking for those activities is totally fine. I just think one of the reasons Bungie doesn't do it is because you have a lot of groups of people in the game. And I think there is a big group of people that's just like, I'm fine to run it solo. And if I'm running it solo, then I, you know... I'm, I'm totally content. there's also people that are like well I, I can I, I have a fire team you know it's not a big deal I have people I can play with so I think there's large groups of people that are just like this is not that big of a deal uh, I'm fine with the way that it's set up Long term though, I think the solution to what you're saying is twofold. Bounties need to function no matter who you're playing with. I should not feel like I'm competing for kills with a fire team. And then if they do that, then it's like, yeah, go ahead and matchmake. I don't care. I grab my bounties, I go into the legendary lost sector, doesn't matter who I'm playing with, my bounties are getting completed. Maybe they're getting completed a little bit slower, because maybe you're telling me I need to get shotgun kills, and somebody in my fire team is getting shotgun kills and I'm not. Well, as long as I'm close by, they could just count as assists on my shotgun kill bounty. Well, then you could get all the sniper kills and he could get all the the, the shotgun kills and that's kind of lame because you're sharing them. Who the frick cares if I'm going to grab bounties and you're going to grab bounties? And, you know, and honestly, the bounties are all the same anyway. So you could be, you're going to be working on a sniper one and I'm going to be working on a sniper one and giving me half a kill credit for every sniper kill you get, I think is totally reasonable. And then we can basically complete the bounties just by playing together. And then also you could be like, well, I'm not going to w- w- work on the sniper one. You work on the sniper one. I'm going to work on the sword one. And then oh, I'm going to, oh, okay, you guys doing that one. I'm going to work on the shotgun one. Because sometimes there is, you know, Two two of the same weapon type in the you know in the area. And so I think that a lot of people would look at it and say, you know, now now I feel pretty good about this. I feel like I can just play with anybody. I don't feel like I have to, you know, go play by myself. I just throw myself into matchmaking. And then the solo player is getting a solution without hurting the experience of other players right that's always the problem it's always a problem in this game is that you're asking for something that could potentially uh, hurt the experience of another player they would just prefer to do this and you're asking for something that's at odds with that so it's I think that would be a solution that would kind of help both players Gale play do you think Seraph weapons and Warmind cells are just Bungie's testing ground for even more crazy mechanics like orbs with heal AoE when shot? I mean, I said this in the video. I, th- this could be them testing things. This seems like... This seems like a pretty easy observation to make. I don't think they're just throwing stuff into the game to... I'm not saying that, like... I'm not trying to insult Gale here. What I'm saying is... I think it's pretty, I think, I think you're on the money. I think it's a pretty reasonable and easy thing to assume that like, yeah, they're testing this out. They're not just throwing random things in the game. They didn't create 18 or however many, bo- like however many mods there are just for the fun of it. I think they're experimenting with armor and weapon synergy. LL brood. I'm really excited about trying out different fun weapons. However, don't you think that the way of grinding for them is costly and long Oh, I was concerned about Sundial for a few reasons. I felt that Sundial was ridiculously generous. Oh, Mr. Complainty Face was in my instance. You know, they were ridiculously generous, and that was going to make people think, well, next season I better better be able to run, you know, a 10-minute encounter and get, like, five weapons, four weapons, whatever. I was worried about that. It was kind of like when Menagerie had the glitch, and they took away the glitch, and everyone's like, well, Menagerie sucks now, and it's like, if the glitch would have never been in there, you never would have thought that, but it's kind of like when you go back to your favorite sub shop, or, you know, you go to Qdoba, and the person that you like to get food from is not behind the counter, and they don't give you the heaping, they don't give you the heaping spoonful of the chicken, they give you, like, a normal amount of the chicken, and you get angry about that, and it's like, well, your buddy was being like absurdly generous and that's why you were getting so much chicken and it kind of spoiled you, right? Like, that's not the normal amount of chicken. The normal amount of chicken is here. So it's like when they took away, when they took away the the glitch in the menagerie, everybody got angry and it's like, well, it wasn't supposed to be working like that anyway. It's hard to get mad about that. The same thing's happening now, I think. I think the sundial was so ridiculously generous that people are like, People are like, dude, where's the freaking guns? Like, I'm not getting anything. You know, they're like, where are all? where's all the loot? I also think the Empyrean restoration effort uh, probably played a factor there as well. People feeling like, man, we, I, I ended the game. I ended the last season. I was, you know, going into the game and getting just an unbelievable amount of loot day in, day out, day in, day out. And now it's like, I haven't seen a gun in weeks. It's like, oh, it's dry out here, man. I haven't seen a gun in a couple of days. I think that it just kind of spoiled us. I'm going to go to the EDZ and Pop uh, pop Bounties. I almost said Pop a Burrito. Um, so, it's one of those things where, you know, I, I think people just need to maybe lower their expectations at the beginning. It's going to grow. It's going to get more efficient with time. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's not... It's not, it's not great right now, but it's another one of those invest on the front end. It gets really generous in the middle and then extra generous on the back end. Like we'll be swimming in loot again probably near the end of the season. Fett. Do you think that the Seraph Mods would have been better served to just be weapon mods instead of armor mods, or at least not have them tied to mods to specific armor affinity like Solar. No, this is this is how it should be. This is the painful decision. I really want to run this. It's going to give me an end game benefit. Okay, well make a sacrifice. That's what that's what a, an armor system like this is intended to do. It's essentially min maxing. Well, I put all my points into strength. Now I have nothing for agility and health. This sucks. No, it doesn't. That's a natural restriction built into the game. You can't just stack everything up. Now, I know somebody might be like, well, but Lono, I love my loadout, and I use this gun, that gun, and this gun. And in order to use the Seraph mods in the way that I want, I can't because of the affinity. Again, it's a brand new mechanic and benefit in the game that if you want to use it, you kind of have to make those hard decisions. It's a it's a nuclear bomb on the battlefield. You're going to have to make some decisions to decide whether or not you you're going to be able to use the new stuff. Uh, it I'm just going to hop on inquiry. I'm going to I'm going to join on you for the XP. So I think people always misunderstand in this yes you can because of generic armor mods yeah but you're kind of robbing, you're kind of hitting us from both sides there Eugene that's not necessarily a solution like look at the affinities look at like th- you got some in here that are five and four three four and five I mean that's a lot and then generic mods cost more too you know like but I tend to agree with you that's the hard decision right you're not absolutely capstone. It's like, well, I have to take off my resilience mod because I have to run a generic mod because now I have to be on solar instead of void. So the generic mod is still there, enabling you to have the reload that you want. The generic mod costs more because the war mine cell is is solar instead of void. Again, that's the hard decision. That's you crafting a build. That's you analyzing, you know. And, and doing like a risk assessment, like, well, I'm going to lose this stuff, but you know, I'm going to gain this, I'm going to gain this over here as a, as a benefit. So to me, I think this is just part of the new weapon system. Here's what's interesting to me. People make and make demands and speak about the armor system as if it existed some other way in the past. Like I'm just genuinely curious, when in the past could you equip a mod on your armor that generated orbs on the ground that you could just blow up at will or throw, get healing, damage, and resistant perks from that ball on the ground? When did that exist? Okay. I'll answer for you. Never. Since it never existed, why do you have expectations about the freedom of equipping it? Like, well, it shouldn't have affinity. I should be able to put it on anything because that's making me change my loadout. Yeah, that's kind of the point. Here's a brand new mechanic. If you want to interact with it, you're going to have to make hard decisions in your loadout. It's like saying, well, I I love that they added this new rocket launcher, but it'd be really great if it was a kinetic weapon so I could run a rocket launcher and a grenade launcher. It's like, well, hold the dadgum phone. Like, there's intrinsic restrictions in the game for a reason. So you're not running around with a kinetic rocket launcher, an energy rocket launcher, and a, and, a, and a heavy rocket launcher. Like there's just intrinsic restrictions in the game. It's always been that way. That's what that's 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 kind of what min-maxing is. It's the idea that if you're going to invest in something, it's going to be at the cost of something else, and so you're 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 sacrificing one stat uh, for another. And I think that that's that's actually exactly where you should, where it should land. It should land in a way where you are, you are feeling that sense of achievement and that sense of accomplishment when you're taking the time to invest in a loadout that you had to kind of comb over and and sort through and figure out. So what shader did I get for doing that? Oh, Midnight Exigent. Oh that's actually a really nice shader. I really like that It's almost all silver with a couple of yellow highlights. and might look different it might look different on uh, on different items but that I really really like that Let's try it on the line in the sand so when you fully max out a bunker you get midnight Exigent. yeah it's just it's just all silver with a little bit of yellow on the highlights that's nice. let's try it on the recluse with the new recluse thing. Whoa yeah that's cool looking man I think that's nice that's a nice little shader there next question from pixel pusher can you see this type of weapon set and armor mod pairing uh, working towards the foundry weapons Um, (coughs) excuse me can you see this type of weapon and armor pairing with the foundry weapons foundry weapons are you talking about the forges? So you mean like running perks that would work only in the forge? Didn't they already do that on the guns? I mean, you could run that thing. It, what was it called? Radiance, increased damage during forge ignitions. Foundries like Vice. Oh, I am so sorry. Okay, with the weapon foundries. Um, well, I mean listen, I don't want to get your hopes up because I don't think Arms Week is coming or, or well, yeah, it was called Arms Week. It's not coming, alright? Arms Week is not a thing. It, 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 it's not coming, but they had the Amalon and the Viced armor in the game that looked kind of like that's that's what it would have been, right? So, I could see them doing an Arms Week where you pledge allegiance to Soros or Amalon or whatever and you're doing things for them and bounties and you're you're getting gear, and when you wear Amalon armor and you use Amalon guns, there's like these really cool, crazy things that happen with the Amalon weapons. Sure, that sounds freaking amazing, but I also think that you're—I think that you're—you're you're potentially asking for something that sounds amazing that probably won't happen in Destiny Two. I could see them doing that in Destiny Three pledging, you know, pledging allegiance to a foundry and then using and doing things for that foundry and then that is a that is a thing that gives you that cool synergy. I love Suros weapons, I love Amalon weapons. It'd be pretty hot to wear Amalon and Suros armor that gets a synergy with Amalon and Suros weapons. I'm not gonna lie to you. That sounds pretty dadgum awesome. You could even do armor. You could even do Suros and Amalon uh, specializations. Um, so you could have like a hey, you've really invested. Oh my gosh, that shader is really nice, Valkyrie Zero. You know, you've you've invested in in this in this. Uh, oh, I have to do another bunker. So that quest is like a multi-week quest. You know, you've heavily invested in the the Suros Foundry and we're gonna give you uh, a mod at the end of the season that you can only slap on Suros weapons, right? Because you got the Suros specialization and then you get that mod. You know, you level up the NPC. Again, I don't want to get your hopes up. I don't think any of this is coming, right? Right? I don't think any of this is coming, but it could in the next game. Like, this is certainly, the armor and the weapon synergy is certainly something that that could have a really, really long tail on it. That, here's the idea, and then drifting behind it is all these other things they end up doing in the future, but I don't see any of that coming in this present game. SMG do you think the Warmind bits are a universal to all the bunkers? It would seem like a waste to get some of the upgrades, Warmind bits after activities. Oh, they're a hundred percent a universal currency. That would be absolutely stupid to not do it that way because it's all it seems it seems all tied together. Uh, Parasito, considering how Bungie does loot pools, do you dislike the fact that regular drops uh, will be giving us the other weapons the least? Hang on, I gotta reread this. Considering how Bungie does loopholes, do you dislike the fact that regular drops will be giving us the other weapons the least? What are you talking about? I know there are repeatable bounties, but they aren't exactly cheap. Front-loading a single gun like they have seems like it drastically skew the loot drops. Oh, would your loot boon idea work here? I get what you're saying. They're not that expensive, Paris. I mean, isn't there going to become a better way, um... Isn't there going to be a way to get the warmind bits more efficiently? It's 3, it's 3, it's 3 warmind bits for these. It's only 2 for this one, but it's 3 warmind bits. The glimmer is inconsequential. It's 3. How many warmind bits you get one. So every 3 daily wet is a gun. Every 3 daily bounties is a, is a gun bounty. Um No, he's I don't think he's talking about the world. Are you talking about the world drops Paris? Cuz it sounds like you're saying The repeatable bounties, but they aren't exactly cheap. He's talking about these, right? Oh, wait. Repeatable bounties. I'm not sure what you're talking about, Paris. Because these are repeatable. I mean, they got the little circle arrow on it. Front loading a single gun like they have. This one here. Seems to be drastically skewing the loot drops. Yeah, that's what he's talking about. Yeah, I think a loot boon idea would be fantastic. Um, Two encrypted bits is a little steep. I mean, these are three. Um... I don't think it's steep, Paris. Think about it like this. Every day, once all three bunkers are up and running, every day you're going to be able to get one, two, three, four, twelve. You'll be able to get twelve of those bounties. That is four of, that's four guns if you do all your dailies. And that's on each character. That's four guns a character. That's twelve guns per character. That's, wait, did I do the math right? It's 12, it's 4, but then you have 3 characters, so that's 12 guns a day if you're doing the frames on so you can literally every day get 12 machine guns, just do your dailies on each character, the dailies take like no time at all, Warlock grabs his dailies Titan, then Hunter, you can make 12 machine guns every single freaking day I, I don't think that's that bad, the world drop loot is unlocked once you get it in the game I don't know, man. I-, I think once you have once you're up and running on all three bunkers, again, it's gonna be a crescendo of generosity. Near the end of the season, you could be banging out twelve guns a day. That's a lot. That's a pretty good drop rate. That's better than what I was getting from the lectern. I wasn't making Now, I was because I was kind of cheating. I was buying the currency that I needed. But if you just ran the lectern the normal way, farming the currency needed to buy the frames at the lectern, I wasn't making 12 grenade launchers a day when I had to actually farm for the currency. You can get the Seraph guns as a reward from the Seraph Tower activity in the second chest for one encrypted bit. Right, so for one, you can just get one and then here you can target farm. You can, you can literally target 12 a day, it's four, no, Delta Ranger, it's four per character. Each character can do the dailies. Four times the three characters is 12 guns. If all of your characters do their dailies every day at all three bunkers, that's 12 guns a day. Y- you basically take one character, do all their dailies, and exhaust your Warmind bits. Go to the next character, do it again like the dailies don't take that long. You're literally talking about a couple hours of work to get 12 fricking guns. Like, I don't know. That's a really, really strong turnover rate. Once, once all three bunkers are up and running, we could do the math on it. That seems like a really, really good turnover rate. Again. I think, I think that the, the, the sundial and the sundial frame spoiled us. Like early, early on in the season, you guys remember me saying this early on in the season of Dawn, I was concerned about the war, about the season of Dawn frames. I said, they seem so generous and easy, you'd rather just stack those up as opposed to running sundial. And I was kind of right. The sundial was actually not as efficient as just grabbing the frames, grab four frames, do them, grab four frames, do them, grab four frames, do them, over, 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 over again. Seems like a reason to run strikes. You could do the dailies and strikes in Crucible and get more bits from there. Yeah, that too. That too. I'm not saying the volume of the guns is low. I'm saying the spread is low. Right now, you can only intentionally farm the auto rifle. That means our loot pool is weighted toward the auto rifle. I, I get what you're saying. I do get what you're saying, Paris, but I do think that they've leaned more towards the frame being the grind, so you would grind for the frames. So I can't even get, I can't even get these all anyways. Like Moon's got to hit rank three and then I can do the sidearm. The serif the IO's got to hit rank three and then I can do the hand cannon and then all serif bunkers. So when I get the hand cannon, I also get the machine gun. So those unlock at the same time. Um, what do these do? Reroute power to the Seraph Bunker's point defense system allowing Rasputin to assume control and neutralize scavenging combatants. Rerouting power comes at a cost. Automatically clears the Seraph Bunker of enemy combatants for today and the rest of the week until reset. So you could spend your bits and then come in every day and just it's already done for you. I don't know why you would do that. It's not hard to clear at all. So... You should unlock the mods at the bottom. They're nasty. Yeah, this one does additional solar damage. I want that one because I'm already using the solar damage one. And this one is become charged with light by rapidly defeating multiple enemies with the explosion of a war mine cell. I don't know. I don't run a lot of the charge with light stuff right now. So I'm going to hold off on that one. Next question. Uh, Dank Jewel says, what do you think of clown cartridge being on a rocket launcher like the trials one? That's a step in the right direction. I think rockets are still in a terrible place. I don't think that's enough to help them. Remy, I'm not a pvp but I've read that the Trials weapons don't have many roles that would work well in PVE. Do you think that this, coupled with a PVE-focused mod system like the Seraph weapons and mods, will be the new norm going forward. Seems like a good way to keep weapons in their lane or open space for potentially more powerful perks. I feel like they talked about this. I don't think in their mind it's ideal that some of the best weapons for PvE were in PvP. Now, that's a challenge, right? The Recluse was good. Well, of course, if it's good in PvP, it's going to be good in PvE. Why would it not? Um, So, to to me, it's like, okay... (laughs) If 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 they make a gun good in PvP, it's just it's going to be good in PVE. I think the mountaintop was a weird anomaly. They didn't anticipate auto loading, basically turning that weapon into a god killer. Was like, oh, it's another grenade launcher, <laughs> like that can just just shoot really fast. Not that fast, but you get the point. Recluse was just a weapon that, in general, because it was so good in PvP, of course it was going to be good in PVE. It's it's a damage buff. It's a it's a damage buffed, quickly uh, reload. You know what I mean? weapon it it quickly reloads and gets a damage buff of course it's going to be good everywhere it does the things that you kind of need a weapon to do everywhere so i don't want to read too deeply into this remy and be like oh from now on pvp weapons are going to be trash in pve and vice versa i I don't think so Mm, i mean right now the beloved is one of the best snipers you can use in the game if you don't want to use revoker and that's a pve destination weapon And Spare Rations is really good. That's a PvE destination weapon. Uh, Mindbenders is a great shotgun. That's a PvE destination weapon. Now, the Revoker and the Hardlight are a great combination. Hardlight is not... I would not consider that to be a PvP destination weapon, but the Revoker is. Revoker's only getting its day in the sun because the fact that it generates ammo when you miss, which is kind of dumb because baiting shots is nice. And then you're sort of giving somebody another try for... Being bad or making a mistake, um, so the the standard that you're hoping is kind of starting. I just wouldn't hold your breath on that. Destiny is too um, the the efficiency in PvP and PvE. They're too close in hemisphere. There's too much overlap for what you're what you're you you're saying to be rigidly applied from here on out. The angry Texan. Do you think serif weapons weren't given the god tier perk combos because of their exclusive ability to spawn warmine cell? These cells, coupled with mods, seem to be extremely powerful. Okay, here's the thing you're missing. You must not have heard my talk. The weapon rolls are actually good. People are. Ju- I, I'm. I'm. I'm serious. People are just dumb. <laughs> they went to light GG. They saw feeding frenzy in the final lane, and they're like, this sucks. It's like, wait, 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 wait. Hold on. There are some ridiculously strong roles, like mathematically measurably strong roles. This is not opinion, okay? This is not opinion. There are measurably strong roles. There are things you're gonna be able to do with the machine gun you can't do with any other heavy in the game right now, outputting high damage, just constantly jun, junk, jun, 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 junk, junk with with firing line and boss spec. That's that's dumb. That's like that's dumb, that's dumb strong, right? I'm not saying you're dumb, Angry Texan. I just think a lot of people came to this conclusion. They're like, oh, the brawls are bad. It's like, no. And I know you can be like, well, good is subjective. It's opinion. If you can use math to prove prove DPS efficiency and lethality, that's not opinion, that's fact. You can decide whether it's worth it or not. Sure, we're not talking about that. We're talking about the lethality, efficiency, and the viability of the gun in endgame content, and some of these roles are unmatched. You can't get an SMG with... Vorpal or a feeding frenzy, ambitious assassin gun. You can't get guns that can run uh, auto loading in Vorpal on a shotgun. That's a, that's a brand new thing. Um, honestly, Vorpal is the real game changer on almost all these weapons because if they it works on champions. Champions are becoming more prevalent. They're showing up virtually everywhere. Legendary, Lost Sectors, Grandmaster, Nightfalls, the new public event space event. So Vorpal's Vorpal's a, a, a worthy perk. You turn your nose up to Vorpal, use it sometime on some champions. Do it. Try it out. Take it for a spin. Vorpal's strong. But everybody's sleeping on it, because they're like, well, when am I going to use a primary on a boss? And it's like, well, uh, champions are considered bosses, you know? So, you're saying, do you think they're not given god-tier perk combos? And I happen to think, Texan, that some of these combos are god-tier you're going to be able to do things with these weapons against champions and against pain points that no other weapon in the game can do right now. There aren't weapons in the game right now that can do some of the things that these weapons are going to be able to do to mitigate the champion pain point. And to me, that's that's presently god tier, right? You are wrong. Vorpal won't make those guns usable. You're not even making an argument. You're just making a statement. So if I run a Let's see here, if I run an auto rifle, or a sidearm, or an SMG, okay, and I run it with Vorpal, those are weapons that are presently able to run champion mods. So it can run both a champion mod and Vorpal, so it's efficient against the champion mod mechanic as well as doing increased damage. And, let's not forget, it can generate war mine cells that are miniature nukes in the room that literally blow everything up. A Vorpal primary is male, Vorpal sniper is a way to go. No, listen to what I just said. If you run the auto rifle, the sidearm, or the SMG, okay, and the hand cannon, I didn't include the hand cannon in here. All of those can roll Vorpal and use the champion mods. That is a significant benefit in the game right now. I I don't know how you can turn your nose up to that. You can run your Recluse with Anti-Barrier and I could run the new SMG with Anti-Barrier and Vorpal and my gun's now better than yours. They work on champions. Like, I think people... I really do think people are missing that fact. And and you also have to consider you also consider the war mind cell comes in and says oh by the way if that's not impressive enough here's more this thing will drop on the ground you can throw it it explodes it suppresses it can heal you it can hurt make the enemies do less damage it can make the enemies take more damage it's a brand new efficiency mechanic so on top of having something that's stronger against champions, somebody saying only 20%, how are you putting only and 20% in the same sentence? Only 20%. 20% is a lot. What? How much do you want? I. I don't know people make their minds up about something and I'm not going to dissuade you if you've decided that the weapons suck I'm not going to convince you with argumentation all I can say is give them a try and you might think otherwise I really think this season is going to age like a fine wine I think more and more people are going to be like now wait a minute what's this guy talking about in his video this error video that's circulating right now what's that oh my gosh I can do that that sounds cool let me try that and then people are going to start to see I was wrong about these weapons these weapons are actually really dope I'm not going to convince you with argumentation if your arms are crossed and you've made up your mind and you think they suck, so be it all I can say is, give it a whirl what else are you doing anyway, what else are you doing in the game so the Brock Kelly it looks like they're spacing out the bunker releases they are, 24th is the next release how do you think that they will play into the reception of the weapons considering the weapon bounties for them are tied to the specific bumpers, bunkers until we reach level 92 on the artifact this is where parallel development can start to rear its head again. So the team working on Season of Dawn does the exact opposite thing. Within the first month, we, had, we could get everything, right? It was like, it was the first, the week, week one was the first two obelisks, and then week two were the next two obelisks. I think that's how they did it. And you could blitz those son of a guns and just get them all the way maxed out, and you can get all the guns, okay? So, in the first month, everybody's sort of done. In this situation, you're not even going to be able to get the next gun until... The twenty fourth, which is the third week of the season, and then that's going to obviously require grind. Now you can prepare, like right now my first bunker is done, so I can save up for the second, which means I can save up, you know, save up for the one after that, and so forth. Like, I can always kind of have a rolling balance of of currency for the next. Now that doesn't that doesn't necessarily mean that's true for the rest of the community, though. The rest of the community might be like, oh my gosh, this is taking forever. This is where parallel development is rearing its head a little bit. There's a pretty sharp, distinct difference between the rhythm of content and loot in Season of Dawn and the rhythm of content and loot in this season, and I think people don't like it. They're like, wait a minute, last last time I could work on all this within the first month. This time, I'm not going to be able to even get all the guns until we're like halfway through the second month. That's a long freaking time to wait. I I guess maybe Bungie's just trying to stretch the content out, which people could say that's good or bad. Either way, people would complain. Bungie could only make this much content. And if they slice it and space it out like this, people complain. Why are you slicing it up and spacing it out? That's cheap. That's lazy. You're just stretching out content. Okay, they'll give it all to you in the first month and you're going to do the same thing. Season of Dawn, everybody went crazy first month. We got into January and what? Everybody complained. I have nothing to do. I have God rolls. Everything's maxed out. Oh, this is boring. So then they're like, okay, we'll space it out. We'll make you wait a little bit. Well, come on, Bungie. Why are you spacing the content out? Give it to me now. It's like you're not happy either way. right? They, they, they can only make the, the pizza's only so big, and no matter how you slice it, it's the same size pizza. You're going to get eight slices or 16 slices. So they're either going to be big eight slices or small 16 slices. It's the same amount of pizza. You either accept it and say, this is what they can give me every three months for $10, or you could conclude that it's not enough and play something else. Whenever we get into the quantitative, substantive argument, I'm not saying as so many people misinterpret this and they say, oh, so they can give us crap because it's only $10. Nope, never said that. Welcome to misrepresenting argumentation 101. That's called straw man. I'm not saying that. I am not saying they can give us crap for $10. I'm saying the substance and the depth and the quantity is never going to be bigger than what we've gotten. Season of Dawn and this season are essentially the same size, they just sliced it differently. Instead of us spending the first month going crazy in the bunkers, getting every weapon going nuts and getting all the stuff maxed out, they're like, no. No. we're, We're spacing this out. You can't get to that bunker until the 24th, you can't get to the next bunker until two weeks later. So... I, I don't necessarily know if anybody if, if that's what you're looking for sometimes it's okay to admit you're just not going to get what you're looking for Like it's okay to say I'm not going to get the substance and the depth out of this that I was hoping for but what I am getting is new activities, new content, and new loot every three months that I can engage with at the degree that I think is worthy of my time. If you want to go nuts the first week like I just did and max out this bunker, you can spend the next week getting ready for the IO bunker. You can just grind like crazy, get all that currency, that new bunker shows up, blam, 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 go crazy on reset, get all those benefits, and then you can spend the next couple of weeks saving again, maybe grinding for the new gun, right? Because you're going to get the sidearm next week right? On the 24th you'll be able to get the sidearm uh, once the next bunker's at rank 3 yeah, you'll have no no problem uh, getting to rank 3 if you save up again they're they're continuing to li- to deliver on that idea that if you're really, really hardcore, your efficiency and grind goes up. It's just like Menagerie. It's just like Sundial. The more you put in, the more you get out. So if you're playing like crazy for the next month, your efficiency in grind and having all the perks and getting all the drops is going to be way higher than the guy that's like, well, holy moly, I, I-, I'm ha- I think I'm maybe halfway on my, my first bunker. It's going to take me a while. That's exactly how it should be. The more you put in, the more you get out. The less you put in, the less you get out that's spectrum that's basically saying whatever you want to contribute to this you can and the more you contribute the more you get that's exactly how it should be the faster you ran sundial or menagerie the more you max out your obelisks and your season pass the better your rewards the better your rhythm of rewards were in sundial this is a very similar situation over time your efficiency will rise as you put in more as you put in and play more The only difference is you can't do it all in the first month, so it's kind of like you're always carrying a balance into the next bunker, which you might not think it, but that's a benefit to you. You're going to get to the loot grind faster. You're going to get to the grind where it's like, now I can focus on getting god rolls instead of just focusing on the bunkers. You'll get there a little bit earlier. Just like people that got to level 92 last season and were able to get the extra perks on their sundial weapons, you got to a place where your loot was better a lot quicker than everybody else. That again is spectrum. I you know what I'm saying? Who's reaching 92 this week? Oh, I, I don't know how close I am. I, I feel like I've been doing a lot of bounty. I'm not even close. I'm in 20s. I'm in 27s. I'm not even close. 92 is way out of my reach. A random weapon is available for purchase from Rasputin. Guardians are limited to one weapon per day. So. I've just not been slamming bounties. I haven't been. Marine. With weapon and armor synergy, should they create even deeper complex builds, or should they avoid this to avoid people needing whiteboards to make competent builds? I think complexity is is a question they're probably having, like how complex do we want to make this, because it can be too confusing to the user. I'm not saying people are stupid, but in general, usability tests for any UI design, whether it's a video game or a website, the minute someone's confused you have a short fuse of their attention before they're like i'm done i don't i'm not doing this so the complexity is a question i'm sure they're dealing with all the time like how complex do we want to make this how simple can we make it Th- that's certainly a question because they do i think they do have a lot of casuals in the player base that like the game but if they're confused they'll just be like this is stupid and that's not a fair assessment they'll do it but that's i know it's not a fair assessment but that's that's a common thing people do with technology too hardcore you think next weekend, with the artifact being nullified, we will see a more filled out weekend? I do. I think you'll see the number go up this weekend. I also think people just generally stayed away because they weren't leveled up yet. It took them a while. It's still it's it's still RNG leveling. Tito says, I know you stated that Bungie sh- should have done a stream to explain the Seraph weapons and the Warmind mods, but... Are you glad they're in the game? I think they open a wealth of possibilities. Oh, of course. Of course I'm glad. Listen, hear me out. When I say they should have done a stream, it's because I think it's good. I'm like, the bunkers are confusing, but they're awesome. There's a lot of depth here. The Seraph weapons with the war mine cells are awesome, but nobody knows about it. The public event is actually pretty good, but nobody knows what the frick they're doing. Now, that's getting better, right? The hive mind of the community is improving. One stream would have solved a lot of that, I say they should have done a stream because I like them. That's like that's like where my motivation comes from. Eric, not serif related. Uh, PS4 Trials had a 2-0 card matched twice in a row with a 6-0 card. Does this mean matchmaking does not work? It's still early, homie, so they could have been having problems getting people in your region at a card state. I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm gonna be real honest with you. If somebody's on a 6-0... I would rather them get a good connection and, unfortunately, match against you on your 2-0 than have them match out of region just because they're 6-0, and then they lose their lighthouse run because it's like, sorry man, nobody in your region, here's a laggy game. Like, I think the integrity of connections needs to be protected more than some sense of like, you need to be protected from a 6-0 team, you know what I mean? How do you know they were on a 6-0 card? Mm, yeah, they, it probably says it in the feed when they went flawless, doesn't it? He probably saw it in the feed, either that or they were streaming. It says in the feed when somebody burns their mercy. It says in the feed whenever their card expires, and it says in their feed whenever they grant gain, uh, gain access to the lighthouse. It says it right in the feed, and it's it's like spam because there's three there's three names that pop up, um, well if all three people got it. So, again. I know that's a bummer, but think about the alternative. You had to reset your card on a 2 two a o. No offense, but boo-hoo, right? 2-0, come on. It's not a big deal. Go win two more games. You're going to lose games. If they lose on a 6-0 because they get matched to Russia and they're in Texas, that's dumb. Like You, you mismatch region, they have a terrible game, and lose flawless to lag. That is way worse than you having to reset your 2-0 card. I'm sorry. I'm always going to choose connection integrity over some entitled sense of I need to be protected. Now, I know you're not saying that, Eric. I don't want to project onto you. You're just saying, wait, is this working? Our card state was 2-0 and they were 6-0. Shouldn't they be matching? Why are they matching against us? More than likely... The, the the region didn't have anybody at that time, and that's why they got fed to you. Now it seems unlikely in your region that there was nobody at a five zero four zero or a three zero. It got all the way down to two zero. I mean, you're on a brand new card at that point, practically. So it could be that Eugene is right that the the player base was too small this weekend. That could be related to the artifact. It could be related to the fact that the power grind still kind of stinks. It's still RNG based. So I don't know if I thank these subs, Big Fesh, Edge. Midnight Vulture, Portante, and Erica for the resubs. Thank you guys so so much for the resubs. The Winds matchmaking is supposed to make tra- trials a pseudo light tournament. It is, but it isn't because connection matters most. Listen, if Bungie dials this back and starts prioritizing card over connection, that's going to be a gigantic mistake. You know, I was matching with Asia, Asia presumably out of VPN on Saturday. I think connection matchmaking is broken. I didn't see anybody having issues with that all the connections were quick and the matchmaking was quick and I watched a lot I watched a lot of different teams maybe I, they all just got very lucky maybe you just got unlucky, I don't know time of day, who knows palms I feel that this season's build utility with Seraph weapons Mine cells, is the best we have seen in Destiny 2 so far, usually in other seasons the builds were alright for ad clear but not enough to do uh, actually use them in a difficult setting. Do you think that this is just the intro? We've already had this question. I do think this is kind of the beginning of armor weapon synergy. Do you think that the bunker grind is too tedious, only giving 10 bits for bounties and 4 bits per serif run? I personally find myself not wanting to find, to even grind, to level it, or the obelisks felt like a more balanced grind. This does feel slower. Maybe pop a couple of the triumphs. I did that today and it kind of sped things up for me. Um, I'm going to be real honest with you. I didn't grind for this that hard at all. Now, the trials card probably helped a little bit. I don't know how many I got after the trials card. We played nine games, I think. Um, So, but I didn't, dude, I didn't, I don't really feel like I threw a lot at this. I know in the mornings I take two or three hours and grab the bounties and we did the, we tried to do the lost sector grind and we didn't really succeed yesterday because of connection problems so i i don't know three characters gets you 600 bits a day in an hour yeah i I will concede it's slower I don't know if that's a problem given how spaced out the bunkers are you have so much time before the next bunker comes out it's probably good that it's not super fast it's sort of set up to me it makes sense that I did it somewhat casually, I didn't really go nuts and I got mine done and I have a week before the next one to kind of get ready I kind of feel like that's a pretty good... I represent maybe more of a mid-lane effort. I'm not the hardcore that did it in a couple of days. I'm more of a mid-lane. It took me about a week, and now I'm ready for the next week. I can take this next week to save up. Arson at Dawn. There is very, very minimal nitpick of mine, but I want to know your opinion on this. Do you think that they should put Seraph rounds on the new Seraph weapons? uh yeah this is nitpicky i'm not gonna say yes or no to this i that, that wouldn't make a, that big of a difference I, it would have been cool to give the Ikalosh hand cannon smg sniper and shotgun some love bring them back random rolls let them count towards the warmind cell uh perks but whatever I, that's a fumble in my opinion but to bungie it might not be a fumble it might be a not nah, we're going to save that for later we're going to save ep in the ep loot pool for later They didn't because they were still bugged with Ricochet rounds pre nerfed. Oh, Phoenix Hug. Missed the talk. Have you tried the Seraph mods yet? Yeah, I think they're great. Uh, the explosions, they cause like a 20 to 25. Yeah, they're awesome. Uh, Avin J. Thinking back to the Shadowkeep vid doc, they said that this season would be unlike anything you've ever seen before. No, that was for the summer. Given that we've seen since then, what do you think it will be? They said that the summer would be like a no to quote them more directly they said that the summer season would be like no other time in destiny was the phrase that they used I think I have that almost verbatim and so you're not there yet that's next season I don't know what it'll be Vrakis. Which one of the Seraph weapons do you personally think is the best to go after? The machine gun with firing line and a boss spec mod will probably be stupid against bosses and then the rest of them just sound really, really fun and saucy. You know, any of the ones that can run champion mods. So the hand cannon, sidearm, SMG auto rifle can all run the champion mods and get Vorpal. Ecal the Great. Do you think it will get a, we will get a new boss encounter for the Seraph Towers later in the season? I have no idea. I don't think they're going to change it much. It seems pretty set. Clap for you. Lono, do you think casuals like myself will find Solo playing a struggle and will be forced to find people to play bunkers with and seasons move forward? I don't think so. I think once you get to the power delta, the lost sectors are super manageable. You're just not at a thousand yet, probably. Once you're at a thousand, dude, you can solo those like they're nothing, and I think that's kind of satisfying. You play it by yourself, and the champions, and the mods, and, you know, and and, and listen, if you're investing in the bunker, you can spawn the Valkyrie, you can spawn a robot. They've kind of built them to have a backstop for solo players, I feel. Uh, Duna Duna Dial. What should Bungie do with Trials loot next season? If they add new armor and weapons, it would feel unfair for Vanguard Gambit Crucible players, Uh, and do we have new Iron Banner armor this season? I don't know. I could see them bringing back the next armor set. There was another armor set from D1. They could do that and some more weapons to bring back. Those would still be quote-unquote reskins and then in September it could be all new. Shadow Hunter do you think Bungie is banking on the feel of the Seraph weapons being good to overcome the lack of damage perks? The submachine gun feels better than most SMGs. Right, and people are forgetting that Vorpal is a damage perk, and if you're playing content with champions, that's a helpful perk. So I think people are really, really missing that. I think, unfortunately, it should, Vorpal should be re- respect to say increased damage against bosses, champions, vehicles, and guardians in their super. It should say both. People are seeing boss, and they're like, When am I going to use a SMG against a giant boss? If they realize that it did increase to champions, I think people would be thinking a lot differently about all these guns with 4-Pull. Dream Vision. Speaking of Diablo 3, later in the game's lifespan, it got a feature where you can reroll one perk slot. Uh you just wrote a paragraph about re-rolling. I don't want re-rolling anything in Destiny. We don't have enough diversity and stat stat depth to do any re-rolling. I don't want it. I don't want any re-rolling. The only thing I'm comfortable with people changing is affinity on armor and the masterwork on a gun do you think the bunker cost is too expensive even to someone with a lot of legendary shards it costs 245 shards to fully upgrade the bunker so do we think the next bunkers will be as expensive down well i mean i don't know man I, this you're getting into territory that i'm not prepared to talk about i don't know what the average legendary shard total is for people uh I would think that while they're grinding the reasonable amount of drops that they're getting would provide them with the shards needed to do that. 245, you're getting you're getting 3 per drop. I mean, how many armor how many pieces of loot to drop to get to 245? I, you know, if you're only getting 3, okay? If you're only getting 3, that's 245 divided by 3. That's 81 drops. I don't know how many drops you get at on average in a day. Um I'll do it once this segment is over. So, 245 is cheap. Yeah, I would think most people aren't sitting on zero, so I don't know. JD Gamer. Hey Lono, with weapon retirement coming out next year, what do you think Bungie should do with the old content that's just sitting there like Menagerie in the Forges? Everybody that watches my content knows my answer to this. Repurpose them, dress them up, make them new again, make the weapons and armor dope. Do you think that they're using parallel development to get a feel for what's preferred or just to have different pacing? It's it's, it's both and. They have to do parallel development because if not, they can't give us content. So there's team A, team A, B, and C. So team A is working on Dawn while team B is working on... on worthy, and Team C is working on the summer. Because if they didn't do that, and they weren't all working at the same time, you wouldn't have anything in the summer, and you wouldn't have anything right now. Parallel development is a requirement, as well as a way for them to kind of feel out what we like. It's a both-and. Lock and load. Do you have a desire for them to change the grind system? Uh, On the face of it, every season is the same thing. Bounties. I personally cannot find myself grinding. Well, listen, if you go to Luke Smith's Director's Cut, I believe he, he very... Like transparently concedes that the bounty grind right now is not ideal. It's basically the main thing people do. So I, I don't, I don't think that that's that they're going to leave it there. Last question from Janky: Do you think total numbers of flawless runs should be taken into account when matchmaking in trials, or would that affect matchmaking too much? I got this question yesterday. Listen, I get it. Okay, if you haven't gone flawless yet, and some triple stack team that's gone flawless 48 times matches you. And, and gate keeps you out of the lighthouse, okay? I know that's a bummer. I do. But there's a part of me that's kind of like, sorry, that's the way that it goes. There's really strong players in the mix that love to win. I know people are like, oh, they're gatekeeping the lighthouse. They're gatekeeping the lighthouse. Listen, I... If you add any semblance of skill-based matchmaking to this, it's going to really, really hurt the player pool. It's going to hurt the player base. It's going to hurt the playlist. One of the beautiful things I saw in all the streams I cast, game's over, right into the next game. Game's over, right into the next game. Do you want to know why? Because there's not a bunch of junk in the matchmaking. Well, let's see now. They've gone flawless nine times, and they're going to match against a team for their lighthouse run that hasn't gone flawless yet. We should find somebody else. Well, you just slowed down matchmaking. I know it's not an old man doing the matchmaking, but like that's hy- that's a that's a hyperbolic example to show you, like, you don't want to clog up the matchmaking. It's also endgame PvP, Trials of Osiris. It is the pinnacle competitive environment. You will get your face kicked in. It's going to happen. If they start to ruin the experience of people going multi flawless and make their and they, they make their matchmaking take forever, you're gonna dry up the player pool and hurt the player base so new updates out we're going to check out this It in rides a pale horse, a quest to get the fourth horseman. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live. If you're here right now, be sure to click follow and turn on notifications so you don't miss this segment. You also don't want to miss my brand new segment in my new network, the SNTR Network and Split Screen. It's my competitive casting desk coverage of games like Trials and other competitive environments. So make sure you're following the channel. I'm going to keep streaming. We're going to check out this exotic quest. For those of you listening elsewhere, please like, share, and subscribe.